Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello? I've already started, baby. We're online. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know I am in trouble now. Did it start? Love you. I'm going to talk about that. Who was that guy on the radio? I ain't even. I know, but we're on. We're live. But what was that thing you sent me on? Was it Facebook? Or what was that? Who was that guy? I like him. He's funny. Telling you how to how not to get. Oh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yeah, the black comedian guy. Well, I noticed that you know, you you tell Nate he's got to have you because you're white and he's black, right? That was the joke. Yeah. That was a joke, folks. Oh my God, I am a joke today. This is T.J. Morris. With Teresa J. Morris, and it's hilarious today because we've gone through so much sadness. I, I was so sad over, we'll just call it Human Security Day, okay, on June 25th. I imagine if you're live on the planet, you know what I'm talking about, but now I guess we're going to take everything very serious, but at the same time, I come from a family that threw out time here. We are mixed and blended, and uh, so we're going to do a show tonight, even though uh, we're trying to get in a better mood, because I've been so sick, I was throwing up. I'm serious. So uh, I think Janet Carolesson from Hawaii is going to call in in a minute, and we're going to do a radio show. So sorry y'all had to hear all this. So She didn't know. Uh, when I looked at the clock, I still had two minutes. But uh, this is Teresa J. Morris on TeresaJMorris.com, and I'm going to be T.J. Morris Agency running the board tonight for uh, my American Communication Online, which is a holding company. Oh, I did put this on LinkedIn. I'm going to be so embarrassed. But let me see if this is Janet Carolesson and Karen Nickel, Karen Gresham Nickel. Is this Janet Carolesson of Hawaii? I guess I'm not supposed to talk right now. Well, I can't hear you. You got me on. She must have turned her show on and doing her intro. Unmuted. Okay. Hi. Hi, TJ. Teresa J. Uh, Morris. It's TJ. Can, Can I hear you? <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is Teresa J. Yeah. Morris with TJ Morris Agency. <laughs> <laughs> your co-panelist. <laughs> yeah, we're here to join you for the space. Uh, I have to no, be intelligent tonight. Janet, your phone's wow. ringing. Well, we're going to do our best. I know it was my doctor. I don't want to talk to my doctor. I'm going to shut it off. <laughs> you know, I haven't heard of my sick? doctor in a year. No, he, no it's, a, it's a doctor, Ryan Fusato. That's our doctor. You don't know, he, it's both of our doctors. Oh, they probably want, you know, they need money, so they want to get people to come in. 
We're doing a doctor commercial to get your colon right. tested. <laughs> okay. Yeah, come and get... They they do that. Well, my, you know, nobody's been going to the doctor. That's, so that's interesting be because the digestive system and the ETs right now are going strong. <laughs> well, let me tell you, here, my, daughter, yes. my daughter just brought me dinner, and this here was running. So it's finger-licking good, folks. So if y'all want to sponsor me with KFC, it's okay. We're right here in Gulf Breeze. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's in the panhandle of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I I love KFC. It's, it's horrible for you. It's so fatty and all that stuff. But about once but a I year, you know, you're licking good pieces. There. But I oh, that's. But well, let me tell you, we, once a year when you drive past, I just got a breast. Just, uh, we call them oh, breasts, just in case people don't know here in the South. If y'all, you know, <laughs> now we come. I, I mentioned we come from a mixed and a blended family, Karen. Just so you know, so. My uh, Chris well, Rock Florida. did something That's funny. You born in Florida? I said no. You you're really talking southern right now. You got like super okay, southern. Okay, I'll stop. TJ's from it's the, not necessary. It's a white country. You know, it's it, it's okay, TJ. I have to work on my Texas accent a lot, and the <laughs> only way I can get rid of it is through speaking Portuguese. Well, I, I so. spent twenty years learning how to do that. In Kentucky. I lived in what? Ohio County, Kentucky, over there where I was married to my husband in Hartford. But, no, they don't talk. He didn't even talk like that. So, really, it's sort of a, a very uh, extended type. But I'll try to not have an accent. But, you know, <laughs> I don't think I can do it anymore. Now, in the military, when I traveled the world, seriously, I had no one could guess where I was from. And I had been living in Texas and went to high school, Karen. I should have sounded like well, you, but we didn't. Well, we moved from Monroe, Louisiana. Wait, one, one, one at a time. Okay, go ahead, Karen. <laughs> say your comment. Go ahead. No, I said in the good old go. days of the 70s in, in radio, when I was with David St. Clair, he said, you have to work on that Texas accent. And <laughs> I tried. So I've still tried, but I've been here for a long time. And I haven't been out of the country in a while. <laughs> so since 2009, 2011, I've been inside. Where were you born? Are you, are you American or are you from out of country? Because you speak wait, Italian. Wait. Or, are you American? Well, I speak Italian. I am. I'm American. I speak uh, Portuguese, Portunol, which is bad Spanish, and Italian. But my Italian comes and goes. But my Portuguese pretty much stays the same, <laughs> pretty pretty well. well. How did you? So, I had to pay a translator. Go ahead, Janet. Yeah. How did you get to learn Portuguese? So, uh, how did you get to learn that when uh, you didn't live there? Is that your family? Are you Portuguese well, family? No, or? I, I, I've lived there. I lived there for eight years. But that's whenever I did okay. that research with David. But you know, I just got through Spanish to get my degree from Texas Wesleyan because I had to take it. And I was too young to go to college back then. I went way too young. But when I went to Brazil, I couldn't speak Portuguese. And because of the the necessity to communicate, that takes the learn of a language. But I've never had a lesson in it. And I can speak it pretty well. Oh, I can wonderful. write 
not so well, but I can speak it pretty, pretty good, really good. And the more huh. intense I get, the better it sounds. So my CDs are So the immersion with... process. You you immerse yourself what? in the culture, and it was like totally. you, you immersed, immersed yourself in the culture, and it was like sink or swim, throwing you in the deep water and sink or swim. <clears throat> so you had to learn or you weren't able to uh, communicate. Okay. Uh, it is. But some you know, of happened with my also, neighbors. Yeah, and it's funny because we're compatible with sound. And, like, I lived in San Remo and Rome, and then I also lived in Monte Carlo. Cannot get the tone. Okay, well, let me do a little background on the show before we get all, I call this all chatty Cathy and folksy, but I'm, I'm here to do this. You think? Very serious. <laughs> you think? Uh, we're Seriously. Very well, it's fine. talking today. Seriously. So I'm going to get us off on the right foot. We're already like 10 minutes into the show. And so uh, we're doing a panel. And so, you know, these panels are two hours, 120 minutes. And what I want to do is, um, is is structure us, which is really hard. It's like um, hurting cats. But anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to get five minutes each to talk about our topic. And this is, this is an exercise on staying on topic, right, instead of going all over the place, which we tend to do. And, um, and using You mean like Al Sharpton did? Al Sharpton got taught how to do that, stay on topic. We're not gonna, yeah, we're going to stay on topic. So okay. we're going to stay on topic. Uh, if you go, I don't know if you guys are in front of your computer, but I put all the topics. We have 33 topics that we, the three of us put down for today's show. We're not going to get to them all. But when you get past the talking stick, you can go on and pick one of the topics, and you don't have to do them any kind of order, but you're going to stay on that topic for five minutes. But if you don't want to go the whole five minutes, say you feel like you're complete, you're going to say, I'm passing the talking stick. And what do I win? The next person. What do I win if you I win? You win <laughs> a trip to Hawaii. Well, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to, get my, I'm going to have to get my clock situated where I can see what the time is. Because I don't know how to Yeah, I'm eating yeah, dinner. Okay, it's my dinner time right now. Clock and I'm going to I'm going to set the clock. So we'll let you go third. I'm going I'm, I'm going to run the let, board. Well, we both have a board cuz we are simulcasting this on uh Korean Radio Network and ET uh what's your yours is all ET. You never could remember. Tracy oh, oh let me ET let me announce. Wait a minute. This here's our eight-year anniversary, Janet, with this dumb Southern. Oh, my God. The 5th of June. We're eight year, eight, eight we've got eight years of this, G. Karen, I can't hardly stand it. I've been doing eight years of this with her on every kind of subject in the cosmos. Oh, my God. She can hardly stand it. That's fabulous. <laughs> this is a magic well, We haven't killed each other. We haven't killed each other. Well, that's we almost, we have an we almost did. We almost did. Nah, we never did. So, so Jenna, a secret weapon. This is exciting. What? Karen joined us. Karen joined us in 2020. Now, Karen, did you start with me in April? Because you did a few shows with Janet before you came on 
my brand or my show, which is TJ Morris ET Radio, Karen. I know Karen's email. I've known Karen for years. For years. Mm. Go ahead, Karen. Yeah, yeah we've known each other for years. years. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's been a couple times over the years. Um, I try to, everybody I meet, I try to interview. I go, oh, you want to come on the radio? So be careful <laughs> when you meet me. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but we've been together no, I don't have in real life. Yes, you do. Yeah, we met yeah, in real we, life. Uh-huh. Real life. And then, so, then you came so on the show. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So, um, well, happy anniversary to us, and uh, maybe yeah. at least eight more. And that was a, that was fast. That went very fast, eight years. And you wanted me to oh, keep T.J. Morris Agency. You never could remember my show name, my brand. It was from no, June no, 3rd, 2012, folks. Is, Janet came on T.J. Um, Morris ET this, Radio. Never changed, and Janet couldn't remember yeah, it for eight it. years, I Karen. know that. <laughs> no, no, uh, I know it. I was just... Scrolling, I was scrolling down on my computer to get mm-hmm. to where that was because I wrote it right. down. Aquarian Radio and TJ Morris ET Radio simulcast. Well, it cost me a hundred a month. My page at AquarianRadio.com. Oh wow! I know. But I let's go to the, pay, the show. But there's a lot. I pay forty on Blog Talk and fifty on Spreaker, plus a bunch of other oh, people to okay, get us we're out here. We pay issues like, today. We're okay, let me go look. <laughs> Well, I found the issues. Gene, Miss Organizer. Go to AquarianRadio.com. I sent you All the right, link. I'm an Aquarian. Oh, we're going to get more organized. This is 2020. I'm going to do you like What's, what's your name of your radio? I sent Karen the league. I sent Karen the league. Let me see if I can get on to my we're doing the We're doing the view, okay? This is my idea. Oh, we're doing the view. <laughs> We're an doing ET a, uh, a <laughs> ET view, okay? So we're going to be more organized. We're <laughs> on the clock, we're on the network. Uh, <laughs> the the right. clock's going to run out, and we're going to talk about today, as per our suggestions. Uh, Karen said, "How do we assist those who don't understand awakening consciousness? What is the importance of consciousness in raising energy frequencies of humankind on the earth?" What's the ET connection? How important is it at these times of transition? And we're gonna, and you said, uh, TJ, we're going to talk about trusting the self and how that's done. We talked about God. I forget who said what, but talk about God and God as source and cosmic love. Uh, we're going to talk. We're going to share a little bit about life stories, or chapters of our lives. Um, we're going to talk about uh, TJ and Genesis. Oh, I said that we need to explain what happened. How did we get started when the we were in the crib when we saw TVs, uh, ETs. But uh, what I really want to focus on, because this is what's hot in the news right now, this is June 5th of 2020, and right now, you know, the conversation is about racism and what it doesn't mean to be racist. And people are saying, well, we're all racist in some way. And we're- how can you tell if you're racist? And what's the difference between racism and tribalism? And how can we stop radical violence in America? And, like, how many Americans are killed by cops every year? And um, and how many that are killed are people of color? And how many women and mentally ill and homeless and poor? And then there's a comparison between the 68 protests 
following the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King with the protests of today. And I don't know, we've got 33 topics on AquariumRadio.com on this. But what happened, I'll start, and I'll, I'll put my timer on, maybe five minutes. Let me put my timer on one second. Ah. All right, I'm on mute. Now we're going to get serious. I'm on mute. Okay. Just tell me no, when i got to come on. Serious, so I'm going to go five minutes. I will. Okay, here we go. Five minutes. Oh, come on. I've got to get this set up. Oh, hold one second. Here we go. Five minutes. Start. Okay, so yesterday I was watching Don Lemon and uh, which one was it? One of the talk show hosts. I can see his picture in my mind, but I get confused on which one it was. And they were talking about systemic racism. And they were talking about the violence. And of course, we had uh, George Floyd killed, and yesterday was his funeral. We've had a week of racism, and the, the world has been on fire. But I, I started, and this was very uh, a nasty thing right before to do right before I went to bed, but I was so curious after watching this commentary with the two of them, and I started to Google uh, police violence, and I, w- I was actually very shocked, and I only made it through about five or six videos where um, they, they seem to, it, it just goes across the board, actually. I mean, they're doing a lot of uh, people of color, but the violence is just extreme. So I saw one video where there was a poor man, and, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter his color, but he, he happened to be white. And I, I didn't pay attention to the color of the cops. Everybody's kind of mixed right now, but there were some cops, and they cornered this poor man who was obviously mentally um, slow, very slow mentally. I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't want to use a politically inappropriate term, but he was slow. Um, and they basically ripped him out of his car, threw him on the ground, and they kept tasering him until – he was just bleeding. And then, and then there was another woman that was obviously um, mentally incapacitated. She was somehow in a, in a motel, was one year days in or something, and um, she was running around with scissors, and the cop wanted her to stop holding these scissors. And she was on the phone panic-talking panic to, to a friend or something, and, and she wasn't going to set those down, and, and, and then she, she got shot, and he killed her. And there was another one where these people were um, having a domestic fight, husband and wife, and there's three kids, and they were outside, and I guess the neighbors called the cops, and they came up to the woman, and the the dog, which was their family dog, uh, started to defend its family. And so the cop said, lady, uh, control your dog. And she was obeying the cop, and he, uh, he went to shoot her, I guess, so the story was, and he, sh- I mean, she shit the dog, and he shot her, and that leaving this oh. um, these children uh, with no um, mother, and it went on and on and on and on and on, and I oh. think, and I'll put this up, I'll pass the talking stick. I think the problem is the training of the cops because I've seen you know many episodes in my life. I came from a relatively poor neighborhood, and the cops would talk down. In my neighborhood where I grew up, uh, there was a, um, a husband and wife. They had one son, and, and they, would take, they would take turns. They would take the mother away one time and put her in a, you know, cool down overnight. And then it was kind of like, uh, you know, Mayberry, right? You know, here's the cell. Go cool down. And so 
it seemed like the cops in the in my childhood, which is in the fifties and sixties, had some training in how to talk people down. But now with the tasers, and, and my husband came home one day from Borders. He said there was some poor guy coming out of Borders, and he said I came up and they were just tasering him over and over and over, and that stone to get people heart attacks. And and then Sash said something else, stop hurting that man. And and then the cops started coming after him, and then the cop said, I'm going to remember you. Um, and I, I went, what the hell's going on here? And then another time, um, my I had a store in town, and and the the, the person was that was managing my store uh, wouldn't let my other coworker in, so she called to, she won't let me in to come to work. So I went down there, and, and I came over, and I was talking to the cop, and next thing I know, he said, Lady, to me, lady, if you don't stop talking right now, I'm going to arrest you. And I went, whoa. And I'm thinking, what did I say? Uh, I don't want to get arrested. I don't want to get tasered. So I just, I walked away. Because <laughs> it was like all I could do because I didn't want to say one more word. So anyway, there, I think the problem is the cops and their training. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. And pass the stick. Karen, would you like to take the stick? And you can either respond to that or pick another subject. Okay, I'm going to stop that. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. No, I'm I'm going to respond to it because I think uh, I think it's terrible about the racism, and I think that uh, you know my 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 Robert, my galactic forever partner, he would always say, you know, that there are parts of the South that never recovered from the Civil War. I'm sorry, you know, mm-hmm. Texas kind of borderlines on the south and the southwest, but uh, in, and it's not any certain part of the United States. So I'm not talking about that because I'm not prejudiced with any part of the United States, but I do think it's terrible. And uh, but there's another thing: what are they going to do when the blue people come in and some of the, some of our friends that are different colors? You know, there's not only brown black or white there are other colors and if we can't deal with these it really shows how far behind we are and so i it's my belief that if we awaken and let those energies and frequencies elevate through the higher consciousness through meditation and i'm going to talk later about what higher consciousness is or maybe I should do it now. But the word consciousness means you're conscious about what you see that's around you and where you are. That's your conscious, like you're looking wherever you are inside on the earth plane, the television, the lights, the outside. That's the 3D conscious. And the systems aren't working here. It's not going to happen here. What, what the person wants to obtain in the elevation of higher consciousness and understanding through those magical doors are not going to take place on the earth plane. This is where we've come in to do our lessons that we picked before we ever came into a human form. And by people desiring to seek and asking questions, okay, what happens after this? Where do we go? What do we do? Well, they say heaven. Well, what is heaven? Where, what does this mean? But nobody of the masses really want to seek and ask questions of, about this. We're still in, my, in a minority. 
all of us who are in this field and the cosmic consciousness field. And we've come here to now's the time, now's really the thick of it, to help people understand what consciousness is and how they can learn to get there because everybody can do it. I mean, you know, that's what Jesus said when he came in here is that he could do it and others could do it better. I mean, nobody's any better than anybody else. It's just we all have to get to a place where we realize that the 3D is not going to be what makes it happen. It's important. We love it. We have a lot of good things to obtain and to give on this level of consciousness, but it's not going to happen here. And that's why I think a lot of these issues are happening, and it's going to get stronger unless we can go in and lift and awaken and help the people who really don't understand what a lot of this means. So that's my talk on it. And I totally agree with you. I think uh, a lot of the police officers, I think they're great, but I also think they have a lot of anger and whatever they didn't work out in their lessons or their origin or whatever before they came into this plane, they're, it's triggering something in them. And they're, trans, they're transitioning or they're projecting on the victim. So that's my belief, Janet, you know. I can say more. Oh, okay. But. So are you are you yielding the rest of your time, or are you uh, do you want, you have another minute? Do you want to complete, or do you no, want to yield I have your time? To say that I think that people like you and TJ, me, and many others, many others, we're, there's still a lot of us uh, are here to teach people who are interested in how to wake that part up inside them about the questions from the invisible world. Let's call it the invisible places, places we can't see. And that's, I'm really on fire with that today. So uh, I think that we can stop this. I don't think that it has to be this way. We don't have to let this racism, this cruelty, this criminalism, this uh, abuse. It's a, it's a ultimate of bullying, whether it's individualized or group or whatever. We are in a bullied society, and it's got to stop. That's all I have to say, okay. Jane. Well, thank you. That was perfect. You're out of I'll time. I'll get off my Okay. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to pass it to TJ, the talking stick. So, TJ, it's your turn for the next five minutes. If you're uh, complete at any point, you can say, I yield the rest of my time, but go ahead and start right now. You can, use, well, you can finish this topic or use this one. Go ahead. Thank you, Madam Speaker. This is Teresa J. Morris, and I'm running for con- – no, oh, that's not it. Okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Regarding tri- – uh, this is Janet Carolesson of Hawaii that you just heard speaking, folks, on my channel. And we've invited Karen Gresham Nickel, and I did not do a proper uh, beginning on my show, so I want to apologize for the last few minutes. Uh, not for Janet or Karen, or uh, the five minutes that oh, I've been okay. given, but uh, just so I, I no had, problem. yeah, I, I apologize to my ladies, and uh, we are trying to do uh, something wonderful here, and right now Janet is going to do her, her best to get us organized, because that's what she is. She's my ACO event manager in my mind, and she does a really good job of it, especially with eight years of putting up with me, but <clears throat> I'd like to talk about our human security, because I have worn a uniform. I've been law enforcement, criminal justice. I've been trained in arson, fraud, subrogation, and I have been trained by the United States of America 
And I was fortunate enough to wear Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and a few black ops, and uh, as uh, even a civilian in GS status. So I understand the significance of having uh, definitions of international security and human security. And it's very much uh, a way of life for me because I believe in what America stands for. I grew up saying I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty to justice and justice for all. Now, I made one mistake, and justice for all, because I don't say anymore. But I used to say that every day when I went to school. And I wish we had that back in America, uh, pledged to the flag, because so many people don't understand the colors and what it means or why we are loyal to a country or what it means to be American, or to have pride in our government, in our United States of America, into our history. But human security is an emerging paradigm for understanding global vulnerabilities, because we have grown into a a country that is part of a global existence. So human security, human sovereignty, human freedom. uh, Janet, I don't know if... It's me or you, but I don't know. I just think we're all working together, and Karen, too. And I may not say it as eloquently as these ladies, but I've always had the – I'm the oldest of seven kids born in Monroe, Louisiana, raised in Houston, Texas. And uh, after – I spent about 20 years being married and having kids. I went uh, back into the government and – Got to travel the world, and I went to Portugal and Spain. I didn't get to go to Brazil, but I went to uh, Japan and uh, UK. I've been all over the world, and I enjoyed doing what I did. But regarding humans humans and humanity and dignity, I was treated very well in all countries, especially in Japan. But, you know, the way that we conduct ourselves has a lot to do with it. And I was listening to the uh, George Floyd uh, funeral on TV uh, CNN, and I, I too listened to Don Lemon and uh, on CNN. And my mother was an MSNBC believer, and uh, she was a big Obama uh, fan and told me that President Obama would be in, and he was mixed, and my granddaughter's mixed. And uh, my, the man that went to get my my Dinner, this is, I would say, predominantly white. I don't know statistically, but I hope the disclaimer played tonight. <laughs> so, but uh, he's black, and my granddaughter is half his, and she is beautiful skinned. The browning of America before mother didn't even know that her granddaughter was going to be half black. I don't, I don't believe, uh, I don't remember, but mother passed. Uh, well, maybe she did, yeah, because... Let's see, Kaylee just turned 13, and uh, so uh, mother died in 2011. So, yeah, so she must have been born. So it's hard for me to remember that because I miss my mom. She's on the other side, like Karen said, maybe in heaven. But uh, speaking just She's probably right with you. Well, no, that's fine. Uh, I love all the people on the other side that have left us in this dimension paradigm. But I would like somehow to see in my lifetime that the change for the global good for national security, military security, and no matter what color, red, yellow, black, and white, he is precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. I had to learn that. Can as a you hear girl. that timer? 
No, but okay. Can you I'll hear stop. the timer? You may not okay, that. thank uh, you. Let me add that. <laughs> okay, let me stop it. Okay. <laughs> How do you stop it? Okay. There we go. I'm okay. sorry I interrupted. I got it now. Yeah. Well, we're not supposed to talk over each other. We're learning how to the the, the exercise is to learn two things: not to talk over the other people, to let them uh, <laughs> say they're full, and to um, be aware when you how long-winded we all are. We all think that we everything we say is so important. We just keep talking. So just to be aware of. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's kind of like when, like you said, Madam Speaker, the Congress, they get them 10 minutes and you get 10 minutes and then they put the gavel down, your time is up. And if they, they yield, well, they go, I yield to the next person. On my computer, I started huh? 727, 28, 29, 30, 31. It's just now 732. And you took up some of my time. So there. Yeah. <laughs> I was no, watching. I, I just so you know. Timer. I have a. I have a five-minute timer on my iPhone, so it's I'm not looking at a clock. I just hit start, and then it goes. Okay, so and I don't know. I'm just watching a real clock. I don't even know how to see the time. So okay, so I'm I'm trusting Mr. Apple here. So I apologize if Mr. Apple's not correct, but I'm doing Mr. Apple. So. Okay, so now we're talking. We're passing the talking stick to me, and I'm going to hit start. And it said it five minutes, and I have no idea what I'm going to say. Okay, here we go. So that was great, ladies. So, um, you know, I, I I'm so moved by what's been going on all week. It's been three, four months. I quarantined myself early on uh, with the clo- the COVID because the uh, the ship, the Princess Liner. Uh, came through and everybody got off in, in the in all four major uh, islands. And well, by the time they got to San Francisco, there were 3,000 people in lockdown in the harbor. Um, they had I don't know lots of cases and they were nobody was letting them on shore. And I went to my husband. I said, Oh my God, this is so. Uh, it's here in Maui. And I I knew there was a delay. They were saying 14 days, but it. Um, you know, I think, and I and I, I'm getting some research that it started much earlier. Oh, I've had some reports uh, from different people, and they say, you know, I had this thing in November of last year, and I had it in October, and I had it in December. So that before it broke out in China. So I don't know if we're ever going to get that truth, but there's something that's not being told. But that, with what really concerned me when everybody started to march was. Um, first of all, I was afraid that they would get hurt because I went through this in 1968, and I'm writing up a short story on how racism has affected me. Can somebody put their phone on mute while somebody else is talking because I'm getting a lot of feedback? So anyway, um, or their speaker on mute. So I, I was afraid in 68 when Martin Luther King died, I think it was spring, April of 1968, uh, there were three places in Pittsburgh that went up in fire, and I, a few days after the major riot stopped, I walked down with a girlfriend through a district that was still smoldering. Thinking back, it was very, it was not safe to do that, but we decided to do it for some reason. I just followed her blindly, um, and nothing happened, and everything was fine. But I was, I remembered Kent State. I remember 60s. I remember people getting hurt. 
and I and I was very concerned about that, and so I tweeted. I'm following all these threads, you know. I get I get Pelosi, I get Trump, I get all these people on tweet. I I follow them, and so their threads come into my phone or my iPad, and then I will tweet back. Sometimes I'll just retweet because I agree with what they're saying, and sometimes I'll add my two cents. So what I did was I said, please, um, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want to see more killing. I just hate violence now at my at 66 years of age. It's like it really, it hurts me when someone else gets hurt. I, I guess I'm so connected to spirituality and consciousness. Like, I, oh, it's almost personal when someone else gets hurt. And so I said, um, we back in the day used to sing uh, Martin Luther King's We Shall Overcome um, back in the 60s and 70s uh, for the Vietnam era and all the people getting assassinated back then. We would do, um, there were all kinds of uh, peace songs. And if you, I said, please just Google the peace songs. Start with Martin Luther King, We Shall Overcome, and add a couple of peace songs. Bring some guitars in. <laughs> and, and then please don't keep walking up to the police, because I saw what they were doing in Washington. They were going up to the police, and the police were backing up. And it was like, you know, somebody's going to panic. Usually somebody, or a provocateur, and, and Ken State just came in and, and shot the first shot, and within seconds, there were four beautiful young people dead. And then, of course, they had that song, Four Dead in Ohio, um, by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. So I was just terrified that there was going to be another incident about, and I'm sure we're going to get those stories. But uh, then yesterday, I looked and I saw somebody singing, uh, We Shall Overcome, followed by a peace song. And uh, everybody was sitting down, and some of them even laid down because they're, they do that, I can't breathe. So they stopped being aggressive towards the police. So um, And then the police, I, it's like you can't fight fire. You have to really, at some point, just um, feel like Gandhi. Gandhi was passive, uh, not aggressive, and, of course, um, those riots were in, you know, his passive. Okay, I am done. Uh, I will pass the talking stick to Karen. Of course, you can do your own subject or answer this. Over to you, Karen. Uh, I I need to think about this. Uh, I can continue a little bit with this. I think it's very important. Uh, I think that it's the old song by Jackie DeShannon, What the World Needs Now is Love. Um, that came to me just now. And we really do. And uh, the hurting and for our, for the children that are coming up in the world right now, the babies, the children, and they're coming into a very hard time. Somebody, I had, I've had a couple of parents that are my patient clients and were worried about this very subject, about their grandchildren. And I said, well, you know, I know it's really from the earth level. It's really hard. It's really terrible. But about school will be opening pretty soon and so forth. And how do children do with masks and this, that, and the other? And I said, well, you know, I can see how you feel that way. But I feel that these children, everything is divine. But by what I believe and what I see, it didn't just happen this way. There's a reason that these particular children are here at this time. And I think they're strong, probably stronger than we were, and can handle it and are here for because it's supposed to be. And they will 
be protected. And I, I do believe that this is going to come to an end. I, I feel like that we're going to get past this. Uh, but that's what's so important to take everybody, let people learn how to be multidimensional, you know, those places where we can't see physically, and learn how to work there. And we can get the results down here in the physical. It's called synchronicities. It's kind of like connecting the dots and seeing the picture or having a crossword puzzle and seeing the pieces as you put together and it makes a picture. And so eventually this will happen. So you'll have your validation from the physical plane about the information you were working on and got from the invisible, from the dimensions you can't see, we'll call it that, higher consciousness levels. And I think that that's important but in order for people to do it, you have you can't just understand it. I know people right now who understand it extremely well and in many ways better than me, and, but they don't live it. But you have to live it and work it to live in order to have the results come out on the physical plane. And so I think it's important because I think a lot of the repetition we see over and over again about these race riots and and the police and abuse and all the confusion and chaos, it just continues like a circle over and over and over again. And so we need to step out into these other levels and learn, but have a desire, because unless you have a desire to seek or ask questions, you don't do it because you believe in what you see on the physical plane. And so that's what I think is important to do is to, um, I know I'm working with some of my students right now through art, like art therapy, and uh, just telling them, uh, in fact, and we do it virtually, uh, I'll just say take a, take a sketchboard, take a sketch pad and just, you know, get, three Sharpie colors and just give yourself three minutes and just do a quick picture. It's not a piece of art. It will be, could be. And they do it. And it's a, it's amazing what comes out from their thoughts that they can see from the, that, that they created. So I'm just thinking of ways that I can help the people who are coming to me and who you all, you know, I know you all help a lot of people, Janet. I mean, you're fantastic. And so are you, TJ, my goodness. I mean, uh, my students just love to listen to this, to our to, to our show, because we're real. I try to be real. I mean, I try to be, I don't want to be phony. I can't stand it. You know, we have to be normal and real, and, you know, we're here. So that's all I have to say. I know it sounds like I'm repeating the same thing, and I am, because probably I'm, I feel very, very passionate about this whole thing. It's time to wake up. Because pretty soon there's going to be something even bigger come in, and we're, we and we need to give them a peaceful awakening, a peaceful welcome, and that those are our ET friends. They will come in the physical, but let's give them a good soft landing, okay? <laughs> okay, that was perfect. Okay. Out of time. Okay, you're done. Hmm. Okay, TJ, passing the talking stick to you. You can uh, continue the topic or choose another one. Here we go. All right. Well, 
I lived in Kentucky, folks, and barbecue is a big, big deal when I lived in Texas. And also, I found it odd in Kentucky. So one year, I sponsored Chili Cook-Off 2003 with another girl, uh, I was Judy, Mac, Judy McIntyre, Judy. Anyway, uh, she was in the Air Force and I was in the Navy, but so we got a lot of press, television stuff because we did it for the county, and I got my first nonprofit, the federal government said, because I was doing it uh, as a event for the county, uh, or in the county at the park, that, uh, you know, I'd get a nonprofit. So we had our first ACE nonprofit and recognized by the federal government. Of course, I met uh, a gentleman named David McAtee. He would, uh, I think he was from Atlanta, but he was called the barbecue man, and his but um, I had, uh, not just for chili cook-off, but he reminded me. I don't know how he found out about me, but he wanted to come to my event. And uh, he called me to make sure he, he wanted a trophy because I had barbecue, too, and he had a stand he brought over. But he wanted to make sure he got his trophy, so I gave it. I made sure he got his trophy, real sweet. Uh, it's just something I... They didn't cost me much, and I just paid for them out of my pocket. But he got killed recently, and uh, I'm really sad because he's one of the sweetest black men I'd ever met. And with the name Thurmond growing up, be honest with you, I, I know what prejudice is, even though I was raised by a black woman in my house because my mom had to work. So we always had uh, Alice, and when her son wanted her to go to Chicago, uh, it was during the time when I was – getting to be 10 to 12. Uh, so he want, didn't want his mother working with us, even though he grew up right there uh, where I did in West Monroe, Louisiana. And uh, she wouldn't go. And she she uh, had to drink out of a different... Well, I'll, I'll never forget when I was in A&P A, A in Monroe. And uh, I, got, I was little then, about, I don't know, six or seven, but I got mad at the manager because he wouldn't let her drink out of water fountain. Her, the black one was broke. So, uh, you know, we got a drink. It was real, real hot in the summer. And uh, she went with us to the store because Mama had like four of us then, three or four, maybe a baby. But I always remember how black people were treated and uh, how I was treated because my name was not only uh, – not only did I have white skin or brown, I was always tan, but – uh, they ca- they call me white Anglo-Saxon Protestant when I was born. So I guess, you know, if I was among a bunch of black people and they're mad at a white person, I'd be the one killed, even though I have a lot of trust that we're not going to be fighting about skin color. And most of the people in my family, even though we're mixed and blended, we don't talk about really religion. We say Jesus pays the bills because that's what my daughter always says. But, you know, I've got about four Bibles in the stack over there I'm looking at. I'm not saying I'm not God-fearing, but you can believe in a higher power or not. But I'll tell you one thing about all the people I met. I never met – I didn't grow up in bad places like I've heard or seen when I traveled as a truck driver. But I know it doesn't matter. And one thing that Alice taught me, God rest her soul, her name was Alice Taylor of Westman, Louisiana, if anybody listens to me, and I know they do in Louisiana. And Don Lemons is from Louisiana. I'm an independent, and he's an independent as far as votes go. Now, these people that don't know us, three women, you can think what you want, but uh, there's a time when 
I wished I would have been any color but white and had any name but Thurmond. But I, you know, everybody has their own crosses to bear is the way we always said it. And I put on here tonight, I've begun my spiritual journey with certain friends in 2020. So uh, I hope that my friends can be above color, race, creed, even politics, because I, I, I don't like to discuss politics and religion. And I was, I'm, you know, I may be dumb in some ways, but believe it or not, I was always thought of rather intelligent. And so you can't judge people by the sound of their voice. I don't care what anybody says. You make them pick up like we do in the psychic field. I have the psychic network. You can pick up vibrations, but you don't judge a book by its cover, and you don't judge a person by their skin, okay? And you sure don't judge them by the way they sound. You don't know what the, you don't know where they've been. You don't know. You haven't walked in their shoes. You haven't lived their life. So, uh, you know, I grew up not real wealthy. We, we were, at, I guess, like we weren't like the Beaver Cleavers. Our, uh, back in the day was, uh, who was it? Ricky Nelson, the Nelsons. And <laughs> I'm dating myself. But uh, anyway, I'll just i leave it at that. I don't know how much I've taught, but uh, there's people yeah, who are a lot more. I think you're out of the time. I've got to get back to the, yeah, the, for some reason the clock didn't sound. Okay, yeah, you're out of time. Okay, wow. Thank you, Teresa. That was great. I really, that felt very heart-centered, and I think that's one thing that's very important to, to get out of our heads and connect with our hearts and see who's in our life and who's important. And, uh, you know, do the best we can in our short little time on this earth. So I'm I'm hoping, and I've got to follow this thread, I, I really am getting some hints that things are changing on a, a core level that it hasn't changed over all these years. Uh, we've been, you know, blending and browning of America and, and starting to get uh, to know our neighbors. I. I was thinking about my own situation, and I was in a black and white culture in um, uh, Pittsburgh. It was mostly black and white. I don't think I – I remember I, the first time I saw a black lady. I wish my parents would have uh, taught me about different races because I was home alone with mom and everybody was white. But I went to the uh, G.C. Murphy's Five and Dime store, I remember I was really tiny. It was under my mother's skirt. I was literally like crawling under there and hiding. Uh, I was so shy. And I, I looked up and I saw these legs that were very, very dark, black. And I, I peeked out from under my skirt and I looked up and this poor woman from head to toe was very, very black. And I didn't know that people could be in that color. And I started to cry horribly. And uh and my mother was puzzled, like, what is going on? And I I, I got her off so, so uh, the lady wouldn't hear her. I go, Mommy, what's wrong with that lady? How is, is she hurt? Is she in pain? Is she burned? Is she burned? And my mother, now she didn't make fun of me. She could have made fun of me, but she just said, no, uh, you know, uh, some people are different colors. So um, I think we really need to start uh, integrating because it was very separate back then. But one of my secret uh, wishes was to be in a culture that wasn't so polarized. After the um, the assassination of Martin Luther King, and um, I finally went to Penn State University, and there, in the middle of State College, I started hanging out with people 
of different race, colors, creeds, uh, religions, orientations, and I was I was really ecstatic. Um, and so I always wanted to go to Hawaii. So Hawaii, when I moved here in 1993, I experienced um, racism for the first time because I guess I was white privilege, right? Although I don't know about all that because we were poor, poor is poor. And I remember that my food had to be rationed. My my dad was a mailman. He had a wife and three kids. Um, he never he never got a mortgage. The house was left to him. He couldn't afford much. Two hundred dollar cars. And so when I got a bag, I liked Oreos. I had to uh, ration them so I could they would last two weeks for the next payday. And I remember my mom had to take the food and you know just. Uh, she would put it on the plate, and then, and then there there were no seconds. You know, you ate. That was it. <laughs> no seconds. So I was really undernourished. My my husband was uh, living in California and had fresh air, and he grew to be six foot tall. And he said, "Well, part of why you're so short, not besides genetics, is that you were half starved your childhood. You're malnourished." So anyway, um, so I, I finally. Uh, I came to Hawaii, and when I moved into Oahu, oh shoot, I didn't start the timer. Anyway, I'll, I'll make, I'll end this in a, just a minute here. I was shocked to uh, have the, the discrimination. Now, over in Oahu, it's uh, Polynesian, Asian, mix. Uh, sometimes it was reverse. They liked me more because I was blonde-haired and blue-eyed. And sometimes it was the other way. Um, I had a woman I worked with I couldn't understand, and she came over to me and she says, uh, she hated me because I was different looking. <laughs> and, and, I, and I went home and I, I, I oh, I'm sorry. I said, I think you're beautiful. And she was very beautiful, Asian. And so when I got home, I got fired. I got let go from the temp agency. So it was really shocking to experience that, and then I met my husband. I moved to Maui. Now Maui is very diverse. You have every religion here, every color, every everything. You have the hippies. You have the you know it's a blue state. There's some conservatives, but you just have the whole thing here. So I've been here 24 years, and I love it. And um, so, but what I noticed recently, I did a little experiment. As long as my hair was blonde people were polite but when I dyed my hair darker I wanted to go a little bit darker then they started to call me auntie when I went to the store so I'm older now I'm 66 and I'd go to the store and they would go thank you but when I started to color my hair they go thank you auntie uh, so I you know I, I found a video last night that says all white people are, are racist and I went oh my god I think there's a racist part that runs underneath internally in all of us and we really need to be more sensitive when we're insensitive to other people and, and stop you know acting out the things that are in our subconscious and just you know correct ourselves I'm sorry you know and do, say it again with love so I'm going to pass the talking stick to Karen thank you for listening sure it was beautiful <clears throat> it's, it's nice you do such a beautiful job I see a film like a movie uh, well, I, was a, I came from a small town in Texas, and it had its beautiful times back in the 650s, 60s, and 
and I'm telling my age too, but I think they were very precious times and very beautiful. Um, I lived in a small town called Glenrose, and it had a river that ran through the town, and it was just beautiful. And uh, times were were great. And then uh, there were there were no black people there, and uh, there were probably a lot of racists. And I never said any. I never thought anything one way or the other. And uh, we saw in Austin. Uh, we went to visit some relatives, and uh, my my one of my relatives, my father's first cousin. Uh, had a a black lady that lived with them in their house, and um, she was just as sweet as she could be. And uh, her name was Viola, and she's passed now. And I know she's hearing me right now. But my, I asked my mother. I said, "Viola's different." She said, "Yeah." I said, "She's so sweet." She said, "She's a different color, but she's equal. We're all the same." And I had a wonderful mother. And I said, okay, well, that's great. Let's love Viola. She said, we all love Viola. She's equal. You must always remember this is just a color. And then from there, of course, whenever I was in my mo 27, 26, is when I went to Brazil on that project for eight years. And, and I lived in Rio. And in Rio, it's that part of Brazil has a lot of culture from Africa. And so everybody is black and white and there's no racism there really. And it's just, uh, some of the best Brazilian music there is, is from the, the black people that, and I hate to use a color because I think we're all the same. I feel it. I don't, I've never had a felt a racist feeling at all. In fact, I like to, I'm totally against it. And, uh, but, that's what I've, and then whenever I moved to Europe and was there, I didn't notice it in Italy either. It wasn't, I, I never saw it uh, around. I'm sure it was. I didn't see it in France. Um, but I, you know, I have, it seems to be more in our country. And we, we're so blessed because we have such a beautiful country. I mean, I, I think it's great what TJ said about honoring our country, and I totally believe it in every way. I think we're very, very grateful. Should be very grateful to, to be a, an American, and uh, so that's you know in in relation to the racism and the the chaos that we're all experiencing. Uh, that's all I have to say, really about it. Um, I think that this is a time that we can all come to realize, and I agree with you, Janet. I think that this is a time where. People are coming together more. They're being more sensitive about the races. Uh, they're seeing more everybody the same. I think I think there's a there's an advancement in, in what's going on here. I think I think it's positive. I think it could be good. I think there's people have to get out of their head and get into their heart and their feelings. And most people don't like to do that because they don't like to deal with it. But in, in order to see all the other places and go to those special places and get the good synchronicities. We have to go through those intense feelings to cleanse all that out. And uh, I think we're kind of doing it as a, as a country. I believe that. And this is the dark part of the family of origin. You said we should say, maybe call it or whatever, but I think things are going to get better. I really believe that. 
uh, I don't know what else to say in relation to this subject. I think that people think about this moment to moment. I don't think it's just. You can talk about whatever talk. you want to. You don't. You don't have to do well, the subject. You can talk about whatever you want to. Yeah. Well, I think you know that this is on all of our minds all the time because most of us watch the television all the time, the news, just to see what's happening or that sort of thing. I do. I watch it a lot. And, uh, in fact, I wondered why ancient aliens hadn't been coming on anymore. So maybe they'll come back. But, um, no, I think that, that this is a transition. We had to make a transition in order to help the country, in order to help and to get bigger and to get more involved. And the IT is getting... IT systems, you know, are getting more and more advanced. And thank God for Derek, my goodness. I can't praise him enough. Okay. <laughs> that, so, your time okay. is up. Thank you. Okay. You bet. You're ready to pass it to Teresa. Oh, absolutely. I love to hear TJ talk. Okay. <laughs> TJ, you can uh, do a different topic or, con- or whatever you want to choose or continue this one. Uh, well, I'm starting your clock. Take it away. Okay. Okay, thank you. Maybe the second hour, uh, we had a lot of uh, getting used to talking with each other, but I told people we're going to set a tone, I hope, for getting to know you guys' soul. Oh, my goodness, that was loud. That was from one of my other phones. But the Department of Justice has civil rights, and you remember 1964. We did have something set up where, uh, you you know, at least growing up, I remember from – when we got this law enforced on civil rights that you know whether we use it correctly or not but it was the seventh the two two that's seven of the civil rights act of 1964 so i did look it up uh but i i'm not going to go into the details folks you can look it up yourself in the department of labor but you'll remember how it changed as far as uh discharge pay friend i'll just read these little things Fringe benefits, job training, classification, referral, and other aspects of employment on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. The law is enforced by the Civil Rights Center. But the non-discrimination based on race, color, national origin. And we heard a lot about that growing up and unexpected in the United States, but change came. And we give a lot of people credit, and this is a time when – we know different people that were I – mean, a lot of people helped build this. We got this country started based on the fact we wouldn't want to pay taxes to the king, queen, I guess you could say, over an old country. Now, some of my relatives came from Ireland during the potato famine. I know that. And, you know, so I know I'm part Irish. I know I'm part English. I know I'm Nordic because uh, Thurmond came from Thurber, but it meant Thor's protection. I went over in Europe and looked it up myself. Back in the day, now it's easier. We have the internet. You don't have to go track it down because so much of the intelligence, the information, if correctly, you got to <laughs> process it, is in the computer. So I'm all about free speech and sharing uh, intelligence and education. But uh, the civil rights, the thing is, we enact them, but we need to enforce them. So uh, you know, we do that a lot with our HIPAA laws, and a lot of us don't know what HIP. Well, the HIPAA laws. You, you think about your medical records, but now. I know the richest man in the world bought all the ones where my daughter and mine were kept with the Ascension Center, our Sacred Heart Hospitals, basically, but it's the Ascension Records. But I want to see us evolve, and I I think we need to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So people are going to have to decide if they want to define 
how we're going to create an association that helps each other. And I don't see why it can't be like my black and white and brown. You know, we're Mexican, we're we're white, we're black, but why we can't all get along since we do our best. If we fight, it's over something stupid, uh, but we're family, you know, we're blood, and it's all intermixed. So it's like Karen says, really, if you think about it, we're all, we're not from here anyway. Seedling, you know, you go back to your parents and their parents and their parents and their parents. You got to go back. We used to say five generations and when I was going, you know, back to do genealogy, but I was a Latter-day Saint and Mormon for a while, too, and they were the only ones trying to keep all the good records. But, uh, you know, there's going to be saying you want to go all the way down to the preliminaries because I'm an independent, but you you got to decide, it, it, is your vote important? Is your vote important? It doesn't matter what your skin, but is what do you think? What is your opinion if your opinion, if you feel like a lot of people can't, it's been taken away, they can't vote. But for those of you that can, we need to do, if you've got a human body, I think you ought to be able to vote. That's my personal opinion. But I think everybody should have a vote in every country in the world. And, you know, they take taters out, you know, but uh, we need to think, are our leaders honoring, are they, are they talking about race, color, religion, the laws that enforce our civil rights? And so I'm going to do what I can to help human security. So I'll pass it. I don't know if my time's up or not. Feels You're like almost it. up. Okay, good. Let me let me cancel that. Okay. Um, so you know, I'm I'm devoted to figuring this out on some way how to improve this and all the other things that, <laughs> that are affecting humanity and this planet negatively. I. You know, I've identified my higher self soul mission, and I, I find myself working on this in my sleep. And I wake up and I tell my husband, I've been working all night, and I was working on this problem and that problem. So I'm going to uh, look at these um, YouTubes and add them to the show page. But I remember years ago I saw a thing where Morgan Freeman said, I'm not African. So one of the assumptions and I and I'm I'm gonna do some articles and research this myself is like the history of slavery. I know from my research into the ancient alien stuff and the Anunnaki is that we were created as a slave race. So everybody that's human being was created for the purpose of slaving. And uh the Anunnaki created us back in the mines of South Africa and and Michael Tellinger's got all this information. He lives down in South Africa and he's identified Yankees Mines and Yankee's lab, and so there's some verification on the Sumerian um, texts, and so. But uh, you know, how did we get from there to here? Um, you know, and I've read a lot of history books. My husband has a library with thousands of books, and he's a history uh, buff, but he's also a college professor. And so I ask him questions about this time and that time, and and so humanity has a history of of conquering, <laughs> you know, going from one uh, place to another place. And sometimes there are different colored people and they're different, uh, you know, uh, religions sometimes are the same and, and it doesn't make any sense, but, you know, they mark people sometimes like cattle. They put, uh, you know, things to identify them as slaves. And so they come and conquer and now you're a slave. And then we went all through the history doing this back and forth across the planet 
But somehow this uh, modern slave movement, I know there's a guy named Wilberforce. I have it queued up. Black slavery, the, the truth. Wilbur, William Wilberforce, and, and one of my former roommates, Wilber, Wilberforce was her ancestor. So England, they somehow there was a wonderful movie about they ended slavery long before the United States. The United States has always been behind. We were one of the last ones to get rid of slavery. But Morgan Freeman, he said, I've got to rewatch this, that um, I'm not African. Uh, I went, wow, that's interesting. What does he mean by that? So he, if I recall correctly, he said, well, there, there, there were more people here that were black, um, meaning their skin was black, but also that had the features that were uh, indicated they were from Africa. Uh, origin, right? Because in South America, and you, you might have encountered that when you were down there, Karen, there were the Olmecs, statues of the Olmecs, and, and they looked like they came right from Africa. But the, the Olmecs had been there thousands of years. So we had a global society. So I think that's what Morgan is saying, that the the um, the records about how many people were brought over as slaves does not match the amount of ships that were here in the population. So there was a there was a much bigger Native American uh, black culture than uh, we ever could imagine. So I think he was trying to um, somehow make a point there. And I've got to go watch it again. I'm so sorry. I don't remember exactly the point. Um, so anyway, what is the solution? How can we get to the next reality where we are accepting and tolerant of each other. And so there was a, a YouTube earlier, I wish I would have grabbed it, where uh, I think a young, I think it was a young white girl walks up to Al Sharpton, and she she said something really cool, and I forget what it was, something about, uh, I don't know, about balancing inequality and, and she was like a young girl, you know, under under 10 or something. So I'm going to go see if I can find that. So he quoted her. And, and so uh, they, the, this, this generation, this young generation, and I don't know what generation they are. I'm a baby boomer, and then we have the, you know, Generation X, and we have the uh, millennials, and I don't know. I haven't kept track of what it, but this new generation, I think they're finally getting it. And my hopes are in the next, you know, 50 years or 20 years or 10 years, I hope sooner mm-hmm. rather than later, um, we finally, you know, it's like, and I, and this is very uh, loaded sentence, but it's like I don't see color, but sometimes I'm talking to someone and I don't see color. And then I go, oh, that's right, they're they're black, or oh, they're, I, have a, I have a very dark Native American friend and, I mean, you could open up an encyclopedia for Native American, and his picture would be there. He, he's a, he's beautiful. I think he's absolutely beautiful soul, beautiful person. Uh, and I've done what's called a tantric puja, where you have a hundred people in the inner circle and a hundred people in an outer circle. And when you go past each other, you just look in each other's eyes, and you see it. You see, you see everybody's genetics in them. And you see their soul. And usually I can only make it about 50 people. And then I'm just, there's just tears going down my eyes. And I'm looking for a Kleenex because my nose is running. So I'm going to end with that. 
But that's how beautiful everybody is. If you can really take the time and talk with someone and look in their eyes and get to know them, uh, I think it really is, is just so incredibly beautiful. You know, it's amazing how beautiful humanity is. Okay, I'm going to stop. Pass to Karen. Your turn, Karen. Okay, I agree with you on that's beautiful. I don't have any more to say about racism or all this. Um, I do have something. I I do have something to say about spirituality, uh, religion, uh, belief in the higher self, and trusting the self. Meaning, we have to trust ourselves, and uh, this is all part of. seeing our own power, meaning power of our value of self and our uncondition- ability to unconditionally love ourselves. Um, I think that there's a religion issue too, as well as the racial one and all that. And um, I think that as humans on this planet, we need to respect everybody's religion and respect there's only one Source, there's only one God, the source, the source, the cosmic force is God. And uh, there's only one. There's only one. But there are many ways that people take this. And I think that we should accept and love those people for how they take the meaning of God. And I know that um, the light. is that my computer? My yeah. phone is dinging. I'm sorry. My phone is dinging. <laughs> Ignore. I thought it was Ignore. me that's telling me to be quiet. I don't know. No, but no, I'll, I'll tell you when it's the alarm. <laughs> no, uh, I think that that's very important. I really do. Um, I think that people should be, you know, this. that's a big story. Uh, It's just a big subject, and I don't know if I can handle it. But I personally have a respect for everybody's religion from love, whether they're Catholic, Protestant, uh, Hindu, Arabic, Jewish, you know, the whole thing. And there's good in everything. I mean, there's something great and excellent about the Kabbalah, for example. That's Jewish mysticism. And uh, and then there's so much about Sufism in the uh, Arabic culture, and uh, within the Christian, you know, there's J- Jesus was was the one. I mean, I pray to him every every day, and uh, I see him differently. He came here to deliver a beautiful message and to try to get the picture out hugely. And you can get results from when you pray to him. You can get results if you know the synchronicities pretty much quickly, like instantly, if the force blends. And everybody can do this. And if you if you use him uh, as your, there's also Archangel Michael. There are many others. Uh, but I'm, I just named a few. Uh, but I think that that's a very important uh, thing that we have to do is to that's going to help us get probably to those higher consciousness levels is to realize that we do have these ascended masters and ascended ones that are unconditional loving and can show us how to get there that we need to embrace and 
open our hearts to to come into our lives, where we stop the bickering, where we stop the narcissistic uh, trickle-down corporate stuff to uh, the greed and the money. You know, the bottom line to everything is money, and that's sad. Because that's a material that's totally 3D, and it's made us depend on that in order to get our freedom out there. So we need to somehow. Wouldn't it be great if we could border? And if there were real, you know, there were honest energies that kept us in the in the means to keep the barter. Now barters, my my husband always said. The barter system never works between two people. Somebody always feels like they get the short end of the stick. And he was right. And um, I tried it a couple of times. And it, it almost needs to be a higher energy in there to to weigh it if people are going to do that. And I don't think we're there. But that would be wonderful if we could live like that. It's kind of a fantasy. But that's all I have to say uh, in I'm ready to pass the baton. I just think that we're, okay. we also include that. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. PJ, you've got the talking stick. You can talk about whatever you want to. We're free flow here. Anyway. Okay. I like to talk about uh, emotional intelligence because it, in order to fix this problem, we're going to have to have some solutions. And regardless of how I was trained militaristically, our educationally, uh, are the fact that I was privileged because that's what I've been told because I was in white skin by a black man when I was in Hawaii. And I was uh, uh, in, a, in a, it wasn't, it was in a discussion. It was a, a debate of some men that were alcoholics. And my husband at the time, uh, I worked for the United States Navy and I was in personnel information security, but uh, I met the man. Uh, he's deceased now, but he was in the uh, GS-13 type. But he ran a halfway. And the man, the black man, told me I was privileged. So I asked him to explain that. So he explained to me, being born white and uh, educated, that I had a responsibility. And he taught from a uh, place of. Well, I still have the vision, as Karen says, she sees visions, but. Even though he's passed and my husband's passed, I can see the black man sitting on, in, when you walk down steps in this old house in Pahaku, on Pahaku Street in Oahu, where we had the halfway house. Uh, but we we had uh, the men that would be behind bars in prison trying to get back in, staying in our house. We had like 13 rooms. But this uh, man told me, and I didn't know how to take it because I wasn't in my uniform. I was my husband's wife, but because we ran the house for the men that were trying to get back into the prison because they were fed better, <laughs> we hired a chef that wore white clothes <laughs> with a big hat. And <laughs> But uh, he told me, uh, and then I, I explained to him I was raised by a black lady that put instilled some beautiful uh, things I couldn't get from anybody else because she told me what it she educated me about because she lived over in the shotgun houses in the black area. And back then, when I was little, they called it in town. And I won't say the word because uh, she taught me what was intended. She said anybody could be an N word. And y'all know what I mean. So she taught me emotional intelligence. And she taught me how to be smart. And she taught me how to feel things. My grandmother 
uh, both of them, Elizabeth, Sarah, and Sarah, they were Sarah's, but they taught me to be spiritual. Not religious, but to be spiritual. Neither, you know, they went to church occasionally, but they'd dress up an old lady, you know, long down mid-length, and my great-grandmother, well, my great, yeah, my great-grandmother uh, was a Richmond. She was a school teacher in Missouri to Indians, but uh, they, uh, she was always helping people, and they helped gypsies coming through in Louisiana and Monroe. But the emotional intelligence part of it is what we're going to have to deal with. Now, you know, we can have theories about everything, but uh, part of it's being educated. Now, Sharpton did point that out. And by the way, that little girl he said came up and said something like "war and peace" or "peace and justice." I think is what she said. He, she, he yes. was, peace and justice. Peace and justice. Yeah. Yes. So, because he was ready to, you know, take offense, like I'm talking about, I've had to do, you know, and it goes and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I was discriminated against while I was in Hawaii, and then I'm going to tell you real quick, and then I'll I'll let it alone because I believe it's about us getting along, emotional intelligence, and that we've got to fi- fix this because we have to educate everybody. Which I think Al Sharpton did a darn good job, but I know he had to use. Uh, what we call sound bites, and Janet, Janet wants me to learn more about communication and sound bites to help her in the future. But I'm just telling you, from my personal experiences, you know, I've got a mixed model, and emotional intelligence is something we all need to look at in uh, psychology. And you can look it up on Wikipedia, emotional intelligence EI, and there's emotional leadership, which is part of the solution. That's EL, emotional quotient EQ. And emotional intelligence quotient EIQ, and there's going to be psychology involved universally. A lot of people say that the, you know only the devil's in that, and a lot of uh, groups uh, don't believe in anything to do with psychiatry, you know, or healing in the in the But we are all about our conscious, and I'd like to maybe in the last thirty minutes or so we can talk about our higher selves and coming to the planet. Since I've died a couple of times, and Janet and I were talking about consciousness and our soul and self and you know i've been doing a lot of soul searching because i've been sick at my stomach over all this so i know people are empathic i am a a hermit i uh, i'm now widow i'm going to be 69 uh i'm not looking forward to being 70 but i talked to uh, a good friend of mine newton schwartz from back in i met him in 1970 right before i had i was pregnant and he took me in and let me manage a place in houston when I was barefoot and pregnant, and I stayed that way, folks. So I've, I've been called dumb and barefoot and pregnant. Had to go get a GED, but I started making straight A's. I may not have cared too much in elementary and high school. I mean, I made A's and B's and C's maybe. If I made a D, it was usually in something stupid because I just didn't apply myself because I was a social creature. But as I got older, I learned introvert and extrovert, and I took tests, and I would have been an excellent judge according to the university test I took. <laughs> but I did wind up at the university, for all you international people. But I've, I've been part of American Culture International Relations, and I'm proud. And I was an ambassador for, uh, of goodwill for Houston. And, uh, you know, I took, I've come a long way globally. And I drove a truck coast to coast. I've had a lot. But I'd like to talk about the soul. And uh, Janet and Karen and me, and, if you know, we have a different way to talk. But... I'm going to ask people if they want to join me as friends, if they want to talk about who they really are, their awareness, and uh, the inner self that knows when you close your eyes or 
when you're in trouble? Who do you go to? Who do you pray to? Or do you? Are you a, are you an atheist, agnostic? I'm a theocrat, I believe. Uh, and I heard one of the men in the, uh, George Floyd down in Houston. I live in Houston, so I know where Floyd was from, George Third. But I'm going to say this, you know, because this is so symbolic in my world that I work in extraterrestrial and with avatar masters and ascended masters. And having died, having firsthand experience with those on the other side and in groups, extraterrestrial groups here on the planet, we come and go as hybrids. But uh, as we take on the avatar master world, one of the things you can see is the re-symbolized in our ace folk-like group is George Floyd was symbolized as a black man, his container. But do you think he agreed to what he did at the higher levels because we agreed or do we not? But these are things we can do as armchair philosophers. But he's like a black Jesus, and the four men on top of him could be, you know, all five of those men could be all called to duty to represent that because it's changed the world. It has changed the world, and it's not going to stop. So emotional intelligence. I'm folks. back. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I got I got booted. I got back in. I yeah, probably time's up. I I didn't get, quite catch what you said. Sounds great. I'm so sorry. I was booted. And I, oh. I, Karen, are you still on? You didn't get booted, I'm still did you? Here. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Sorry about that. I got booted. <laughs> but okay. I'll, I'll have to listen to that in the the show. Um, okay. So. Uh, you had mentioned something you want to talk about. It is the last half hour of the show. What was the subject you want us to focus on the last half hour of the show? Do you guys have a preference, both of you? We can do a Martha's round where we always ask the same question. I was mentioning emotional intelligence, but I'm sure Karen and her groups, uh, spiritual groups in her community and hypnotizing. and You know, we could talk about the intelligence, but also yeah. the validity okay. of our soul. Because the three of yeah, us have a higher level of involvement. We're not. We don't believe we're better than it. It's quite the opposite. We're talking about you know lower right. level containers and skin and but emotional. How we deal with emotions and I've seen a lot of people fight. And one thing about this time on the planet, I'm not going to blame the president because he's my commander in chief. And I, I'm sorry I wore a uniform, but we all have this thing and and this medicine. You know, one of the guys is talking about him. But what's happened is. You know, we don't do politics and religion, but we do spirituality, and I'd like to talk from the soul level. We all got a soul, folks, and I would hate to be the president of the United States of America because that's the most powerful powerful position on this planet. But I get to be above all that. You could say a lot higher levels in intelligence, okay, <laughs> community. I get to be a soul that's died and come and died. So they call those ascension masters. So I'm going to go back to Janet. But ascension masters and the awareness of your intelligence level, Janet, and I'll mute. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm aware. I don't know exactly how it was, but I did years of therapy and reflection and introspection and working on myself because I'm very emotional and um, I'm affected by everything. I'm, I'm very empathetic. And so... I think that's one of the things our poor president he lacks empathy, and I've been trying to study like how is it that some people are more sociopathic and narcissistic and lack empathy, but the poor people that are uh, in those uh, categories are confused about emotions because all they can do is is um, 
try to, um, what do you call it, copy other people's emotions, but they're not really feeling it. And I have a lot of pens, uh, friends that are artistic. Um, they they weren't ever diagnosed. They're adults. They're dealing with it. And, uh, you know, they tend to piss me off because, like, you don't feel me. You don't feel me. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I've learned to deal with it. And I go, okay, uh, what does that feel like for them that they're not able to feel things like other people can feel. So I, I have I've developed some empathy for Trump, and he just doesn't get it. He doesn't feel it. Um, I wish people would help him out somehow, but by, by the time you're in your 70s, you, you don't want to be told what to do. So we have to learn how to protect uh, humanity. One of my my things in therapy is it's always you have to protect yourself, and if you're a parent, you have to protect your children, and you don't allow them to be abused. So we have a society that's suffering from PTSD because as a society, we are not selecting leaders that are not uh, sociopathic. And we have that happened with Hitler, that we had Napoleon, we've had Genghis Khan. We have these people that rise to power that really, if you were a conscious civilized civilization where you were objectively um, finding your leadership based on their qualities and qualifications, they would have to take an emotional intelligence test, and they couldn't even run for office unless they could pass an emotional intelligence test, which shows you uh, the appropriate response in situations. So when I was in uh, college, oh, I forgot to do the timer. Okay, let me look at it. When I was in college, and I I never got I never got a, a degree. I I went back after years. Um, couldn't go when I was young because we had to get my uh, brother, so he he didn't have to go to Vietnam. So anyway, long story. But what um, I learned in psychology 101, and I had to take psychology three or four times, and then I married a, a psychologist. <laughs> so is that uh, they have a basic evaluation system. So one of the tests was. Uh, what would you do if you murdered someone and then somebody knocked on your door? And I forget, it was like, a, you know, um, select one of the following. Like one of the options was, well, you'd hide the body or, you know, you, there's different scenarios. You'd chop the body up, <laughs> you, know, you would confess, you know. So these things, are, these questions can be asked and then you get a score on your emotional intelligence. And, um, you know, too often or not, I've encountered people that would hide the body and cut it up in pieces and try not to get found out. It's like, whoa, where where's your morality or where is your emotional IQ? So I think that's what we're encountering right now is someone that is always, um, I call it the, you get your hand caught in a cookie jar, right? You're, you get caught in the middle of your thing and, and uh, it's like, well, we've got this person that's pla- passing the blame and one of the things I learned from my second husband is he was, um, he got out of, of, of school and he was going home and he wasn't paying attention. And he, he ran through a, a stop sign, I mean, a, a light, a red light, full blaring red light, not even yellow to red. And the cop stopped him and he just basically said to the cop, I'm sorry, I screwed up. I wasn't paying attention. School just got out, and I was excited, and I wasn't paying attention. And when, you, when you're just honest and you fess up, the cop says, that's okay, son, I'll let you go. Just don't do it again. So there's something to be said about saying, yeah, I'm sorry, I screwed up. Uh, yeah, I did what the issue now is racism. Yeah, I, I said something I shouldn't have said. I've done something I shouldn't have said. 
uh, done. I'm insensitive. Messing up, admitting it, and, and you know, I'm going to do better. I'm going to figure this out. What I've done all my life is, yeah, I, I, one of the things I did was I lied all my life. I, I was my, my default. So why am I lying? Well, when I went through therapy, my life wasn't safe. So I learned to be the world's best liar. And when I went through therapy with my husband, my, uh, we had gone to California. We did a week intensive, and we kept talking about it all the way home. By the time I was in the airport waiting for my luggage, I was just going, oh, I'm such a liar. I'm such a horrible person. Why am I even alive? Why would anybody ever like me? So but there's something about getting down to your core and understanding yourself and then loving yourself and giving yourself empathy and compassion. And then I'll finish with this. So Howard Stone, I, I'm going to try to find it. He got on one of those talk shows. He says, you know, I, I love Trump. He's my friend. And he said, but I decided that I wanted to have a relationship with my daughters. So I went through intensive therapy and I went, you know, cause he's always been kind of rough around the edges. Right. And he said, now, and I did my family of origin, cultural conditioning, religious programming, and I deprogrammed myself and reprogrammed myself to be a nice human being. And he said, Donald, if you just did this process, you know, you could really have a real authentic relationship with all your children and your wives and everything. And so he implored him to do that. Of course, he didn't do it. But I'm going to pass the talking stick to Karen. Next. Well, that's interesting. I <clears throat> I agree. I, too, have been in therapy since I was 14. Uh, and I've been trained, been through a lot. And then I went to a training in Canada for three months on family of origin. And uh, then uh, I've worked on myself always. And I've learned that uh, it's good to, to say you're sorry for something we mess up because it makes ourselves feel good and it makes nobody's perfect. We all have issues. And, um, I think it's good that we own our stuff and I think it makes us feel better and it makes whoever that we've hurt to feel better too. Um, I've, my husband has worked on himself tremendously. Also, the second time around, uh, we had 10 years together for, from 66 to 76, and then we were separated for 22 years and got back in 2000. And he worked and worked and worked and did tremendous work with his issues, too. And we worked it from an emotional point and also from a karmic point because we knew that neither one of us wanted to keep all this stuff or take it with us when we left this play. And um, I've had a lot, when Dr. Bormy and I had the, the, the office or the clinic, uh, I specialized and did this family of origin stuff with the encounter bats and the primal scream and all this back in the day. And uh, it was really hard on my immune system because I'm an empath. And um, so I had to really retire from it about five or six years ago. Uh, but it still keeps, people still keep coming to me. And, you know, I can see and, you know, they'll ask me. And I said, you know, there's a better way to do it. You don't have to do this hard physical therapy anymore, you know. We've all come with issues. We've all come with our caregivers that got us in, whether it's our mother and father biologically or a caregiver, whomever. Uh, and so we're here with glitches. And we're here to clean that out, and we're here to make peace and work on ourselves. 
And so, uh, but that's what I've done for years. But uh, with that, when we had the clinic, that's all I did. And uh, it was hard. So I have learned, I guess about two years ago, I was given a gift from the universe that we don't have to do this deep work and, you know, whether we're the victim or we're the perpetrator or all that, you know, and go through processing the mother and the father's grip or taking a dozen eggs and throwing them at a tree or whatever we do to get that anger out is that to look at the higher part. And I always tell my students that, you know, the emotions are the key to the higher consciousness, to the love. The love is the key. And in order to get to experience that love, animals are great teachers. They're great healers. Uh, they're angels. I think they're angels. And uh, that's really important for the hum- to me for the human interaction with animals, where animals do. And uh, so I think that we're going through a lot right now. But I feel like there are a lot of people that I have seen in office, or a couple of them, uh, that really get into the feeling uh, aspect of it. I'm kind of surprised. I'm not going to call any names or name anybody, but uh, it's interesting how that works. It's very important for people to get into more of a feeling mode, be more empathic instead of apathetic, uh, and that means getting into the heart chakra and get, getting more out of the head chakra, or the, the crown chakra, the left brain. It's it's important. I mean, the whole brain is the key. But uh, I think all these things that are happening now are awakening intense feelings. It gives us the opportunity to go into those real intense feelings. And sometimes I'll stay up all night long and just feel, and information will come to me. It's not real healthy to do that, but sometimes I do my best channeling in the middle of the night. And are the best receiving, the best downloading, whatever. And I take it that I'm, I'm in a lesson from the higher teachers, and I listen. I feel like I've been through college studies again, where you study all the way through the night to pass the test the next day. But I think that's important where we are, and I wish that for everybody, uh, because we all came from mothers, fathers, grandmothers who had issues. We've got our own issues. And it's going to be saved through love and through allowing the self to go into those emotional areas and feel. The only feel, the only thing I am aware of that I think creates a thicker block of density on the earth plane is rage and anger. Now, I always tell my students, my patients, to turn that anger into sad. Because that's really what you're doing. You're sad. You're not mad. And mad you may be feeling, but you're really hurt. You're really sad. You're scared. And those can be real good uh, things like jumping off of the diving board. Those are real good motivators is sad and in, in pain. You know, communication, human communication emotionally at this at this time is, is, is am I up? Yes, you're up. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. Nope. I, so, TJ. All right. Soul solution, folks. You know, this, I'm going to tell you something. Wait, wait, you're fading out. Okay. Yeah, I can't. Maybe, try that again. I can't. 
Okay. I'm cutting out, huh? Oh, okay, you're good. Now? Okay. Um, you're good now. At, okay. At my age, folks, uh, most of y'all probably were not educated. Uh, I've, I mean, with emotional intelligence, okay, because I still see it. And uh, I'm quick to jump myself because it's an emotion. Now, I am born and lived and died and born and lived and died twice and then the third time, but that's up for, you know, I know I did first time when they took the blood out, second time when I had placenta previa and hemorrhaged with my my fourth daughter. But I didn't really learn until I came back and decided to be much more intelligent because I had all this knowledge out of the Akashic field that came rushing into my human. So I realized you don't learn everything in school, but you don't have to die and be up there in space or go through the cosmos to get it. I just was lucky because I could <laughs> – these women in my college, when I went to learn about this college, uh, how to communicate with humans – it was all about Maslow's theory, but I'll give you a quick rundown, which I'm still learning. We're all students. We're all teachers. We can all help each other, but I've been watching some of my children get beat up by bullies because they don't have uh, control of their educational limits, or they don't think before they react. So one thing I would like to do is have a movement of my friends, if they're going to call themselves my friends, because I believe the greatest recipe in life is your friendship, how to communicate, have emotions with others. And sometimes I jump because my mind starts racing, and I'm so excited that I want to express myself. And I see that as a human trait. But especially since I'm always alone, I, 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 I now educate myself every day. I'm all, I do my meditation on my inner work and my awareness. But Learn. Uh, one thing I always had was deep, deep empathy. And my father and mother and the black lady that raised me, they all had deep empathy. And they cared about each other. And they had self-awareness. And uh, my mother sometimes would react on her anger. My father, I never saw him act out, not once. Never saw my father upset. And I, that seems funny that I'd be 68 and go back and listen to myself, I wanted to judge my daddy because I was angry at him because him and mom got a divorce. But uh, I had to live through that. But it wasn't until I came back from death and I learned and went to college and law enforcement and I had to take a childhood development and learn about psychology. And that led me down a lot of reading on psychology. But I didn't uh, – there's a history behind uh, the growth in the 30s. Uh, social intelligence, that was Edward Thorndike, and then later developments. But I learned about Abraham Maslow, and I'll never forget Maslow's theory, you know, in food, clothing, shelter. You know, we got to have that. But there's multiple intelligences, not just on this planet. But that concept is so different that I call it ascension age. And I believe that the emergence of the emotional intelligence that came up I was in a uh, Mensa meeting, and that's where I met Wayne Dyer at a house in Hawaii, and that was back in uh, 89 to 94 uh, when I was in the military, uh, but I was in Hawaii. But it wasn't until the 90s that emotional intelligence came up in cognition and personality. As we were in the motivational speaking movement, Wayne Dyer, and I met him because I followed him. Uh, somehow God just had me find him. I don't know what else you call it, your higher power if you want. 
but like I said, I'm a theocrat. I believe in theology and the study of those higher power overs because I've seen them. I hadn't touched them. I didn't get close enough to touch them, but I sure was next to them on the ships and off ships. And my Jesus was on a spaceship. But <laughs> it's a symbolic term for your your Christ. You know, there's been many of them. But the concept of intelligence is coming up, but it wasn't really big until 95. And then when I went to college again in 97, I went to, in the 70s is when I learned about Abraham Maslow. And then I went through the motivational speaking movement. Uh, Deepak Chopra, I met him in person. So I did get to touch him and shake his hand. But he thought I wanted an autograph, but he wound up realizing and making me his equal. He may not remember that, but probably if he was in my person, human form, and and me and touched again, but we did meet at a bookstore, <laughs> and we got to talk because he, uh, he was early and I was early, and nobody was there. It was just me and Deepak Chopra. Now, when Wayne Dyer, uh, they left me out on the porch with him, but uh, he, I listened to all his tapes, and I got to go to people synergistically involved. I got to meet Janet Carol Lesson, the girl you've been listening to in the beginning. And I'm I'm looking forward to meeting Karen someday, probably at an event we have. I hope to meet at least once a year, folks. So emotional intelligence, you know, okay. try to learn about There's that. There's your time. Okay. Thank your you. Your time's up. <laughs> All okay. Right. I'm Karen. No, you. Oh. Karen. No, it's you. No, it's, oh, it's, it's my you. turn. I got, I got yeah. confused. Okay. Well, <laughs> what do I want to talk about? Oh, goodness. Yeah, well, yes, psychology really has saved my life. I, if I hadn't had therapy, um, I wouldn't be able to walk or talk. I'm, and, and I love my parents, but they were just very, very, very dysfunctional. Um, they probably were mind-controlled and uh, MK-altered. <laughs> They uh, were were in the Masonic Lodge, and there's all kinds of stuff that I have no idea what was going on with those poor people, and I didn't learn about it until they were passed, and my mother died in 97, my dad in 99, and uh, then I started, I met Sasha in 97, and I just went into intensive therapy because my whole life had been um, very... (laughs) abusive uh, and I had repressed it and I had created an alternative reality when I moved to Oahu this woman Angelica she befriended me and one day she just sat me down and she said who who beat you your mother or your father and I go oh they didn't beat me well yeah you had to because you ended up with such an abusive Oh, man, my first husband was extremely abusive, and then my, uh, but he was physically abusive. My second husband was was um, emotionally abusive. He was always uh, hypercritical, and then when I left him, he beat me up then. So, uh, and I just I kept going from the frying pan into the fire, and so it didn't really hit home until I met Sasha that I had created this alternative reality that my parents were wonderful. <laughs> it was, and it's good. I mean, it, it allowed me to have a relationship with my mother. My mother and I became friends. I think I only really, really knew my mother for the last 10 years of her life, perhaps, because up until then she was a, kind of a crazy person acting out whatever had been done to her. So anyway, I think therapy is really important. 
Um, I differ a little bit with what you said, uh, Karen. I, I, you probably have a, a really good – I get the hard cases. I get the the people come to me that have been in satanic rituals or ritually abused, and I worked with them for a long time. I, that's hard. It's very hard. I'm so glad I have a husband that can do primal therapy with these people, and um, they go into their core. Uh, we've lost some. A couple of them suicided. There's, sometimes there's not much you can do when they're having that much trauma in their lives, so they kind of have to melt down and do it over. Um, so uh, doing therapy is hard, but every time you do therapy with somebody else, you do another piece of your part. Um, therapy is not always intensive therapy where you're uh, – we we beat, we uh, do a, a gestalt, we beat pillows and um, – do uh, a mago process. Why did you end up with the person you're with? And they usually reflect unresolved issues with your parents and so on and so forth. But right now I've been doing mostly, um, you know, hypnosis and a lot of talk therapy because we're remote and so we're not in person. And But I guess I could do the same thing. We do something called voice dialogue where you learn how to center, become conscious, so what, what humans are, we are a mixture of all these sub-personalities. We, we put on a different hat when we go to work than the one we wear when we're a lover in bed or when we're taking care of the children. So we have all these sub-personalities and alters. And, and our government's aware of all, our alters. And so some of the, I shouldn't say our government, but um, a faction of our government have used that system to split people into their sub-personalities, and then they're not aware of what's going on, and so they act out things. So I would love somehow that our society would start doing therapy, uh, like uh, when when kids start to go to school, you know, find out what's going on. Um, You know, we start to show racism. How do we become racist? When are we racist? Can we bring that into our consciousness? Consciousness is being aware of what we do subconsciously. And after a lifetime of doing my therapy, I have been able to access my subconscious, superconscious, and my unity conscious. And I've actually gone all the way to God's source, high five, became aware of my um, essence, my fractal, my partial that resides at the right-hand side of God type of thing. Uh, the Christ consciousness, we see everything is separate, but that Christ consciousness resides within each and every one of us. I'm sorry, I forgot to hit the timer. So I'm going to yield to Karen. Thank you for listening to me. We have about 10 minutes left. So probably one more round, a shorter round each person. I'll make it four minutes. Karen, to okay. you. I, I think that's beautiful what you said. I totally agree with you um i think that uh working on yourself is working on ourselves or is so important that's what it's called i guess in the therapy work um it can be done many many ways and Mm -hmm. i used to do the conservative way the conventional way and did all that and then i've moved into more of a creative way through sound and what i the way i have my little recording studio set up uh, is that I use sound 
and can go to different uh, voices and different sounds. And I pick the sounds from my background. I've stayed with one sound for a long time because it blends well with my channel and my sound uh, whenever I read the person's electromagnetic field and I take it in there and do the recording. But I probably need to look for some other background music. But anyway, I had a a signed uh, agreement with John Seary, who is the father of of planetary music, and uh, years ago. And so he's a great composer and musician, and uh, that was back in 2011 where I did my CD. But now I'm getting into more of a sound of just vibrations that blend with the sound that the person needs for the conditioning in order to learn how to trust themselves. And that's the key is love and trusting yourself, trusting what you believe. Trusting yourself is is an important, unconditional, loving being that you accept and you trust that's you. And that also brings your power and it brings your ability to reach out and see things that are invisible from a certain amount of consciousness or that I call it the invisible world. You can call it anything Um, where we're going. I think that's where we're going to go. I've seen a lot since these issues have happened uh, nationally. The death of uh, the man that... uh, where it happened and the beautiful uh, sermon with uh, Sharpton was great but it's gone all over the world and I think it's great because it's when you when you listen to the news these people are really into their feelings and on some level they're he on many levels they're healing and it's been good and those energies go out into the universe go out into the countries through energy and sound and feelings. And I feel like that we as a human race are becoming more empathetic as a populace. So that's all I can say. I I know I've been talking about the same thing over and over again, but that's where I am pretty much all the time. Uh, So it is about sound for me and my contribution as a light worker or a teacher or clinical hypnotherapist or being psychic, whatever you want to call it, uh, is channeling sound and providing unconditional love for the self. And I feel like that's why I've come here. So um, that's all I have to say, guys. Uh, I can pass the baton to TJ. Well, thank you, beautiful lady. All right. I like the fact that Janet, Karen, and I have, uh, even though we aren't together, we are together because we're souls. And we seem, if you listen, all three of us have this uh, similar talk of ourselves, our awareness. And I'm sure all of us have done our therapy or been to therapist or done work on ourselves. That's called your inner work in many arenas uh, for those outside of our spiritual science community. But I've been running a community of uh, metaphysicians, I guess one might say, psychics, I've trained mystics, oracles, psychic stages, seers, guides, and now I work with guides in the technology field, and I'm happy with that. Uh, I'm doing my best to create a community. So if you guys want to join me, great. Uh, We're going to be doing webinars and workshops and helping people. 
in the uh, world of metaphysicians and uh, other groups that have been around for years. I could mention names of some of the great leaders that you uh, probably know of that I've been asked to represent them in my area of the country just because I've strategically located in the panhandle for you know, different groups. Okay, Edgar Casey for one of them, but they uh, asked me if I wanted to represent this area, which is somebody in the business, and that was a great calling. But I've had the Ascension Age, and I was uh, one of those things in Hawaii when on my spiritual path where I got that calling, and I got a uh, sign with uh, lightning and thunder on a sunny day that split a tree right next to me. My partner in business said, lucky we were had wheels because we would have been electrocuted. It was that close. And that sign, uh, I've had people in graphic design at the newspaper where I worked in Kentucky try to remake it. They said it's too complicated. Then on the, my wall, I had uh, 2011. I had uh, my parents that were going to die that year, but it's on UFO Digest. So I've got things recorded in time for use in trade. But I just want to say that the Ascension Age is important to me, and that it does have to do with what Karen's talking about. Later on, we'll get more in detail on sound and vibration but you know that's one thing tesla mentioned that we should study if we want to <laughs> learn a, a thing so there's been people that have come to this planet and i'm so glad that me karen and janet are uh, here to be of service and everyone is in service to self and others so we don't need to split that way in the light worker true seeker community which i coined those words many 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 years ago in the beginning and I've talked about different people, and we're all doing this together, folks. So help us with the cyberspace community. Be a light worker, a truth seeker, if you will, a guide for others, and join us. And uh, I have books available on Amazon, as does Janet, and I'm sure Karen, if she doesn't, she's working on one. But Karen, I need to ask you tonight, as am I by invitation only for authors for eight years, and you're here tonight on Friday. Are you an author, or are you thinking about writing us one we can use in workshops? About what you do. <laughs> uh, are you talking to me? Uh huh. Yes, we're talking to you. <laughs> oh, okay. you know do I you have a I book. Could. I should have written a book a long time ago. No, I do not. I only have four uh, published uh, CDs on Amazon, but I could. I just don't ever have time. And, okay, so you got I need yeah. you published CD then. That's fine. We're doing an audio book tonight, Karen. So this is uh, the spoken word okay. audio. So this is an oral re book report or in, a, in a manner of speaking on our soul and what happened on the planet, and uh, we invite other people. Oh, so, Karen, great. I hope you'll return with us uh, Friday and keep this up with Janet. Janet and I have been doing it eight years, and we could be oh, good tomorrow. Oh, I love tomorrow. you guys. I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying <laughs> a lot. I hope I'm doing okay. <laughs> You're doing wonderful. You're doing great. Compatible. I love your Hey, feeling. I have I to tell you, we're we're almost out of time. Um, hold on, let me let me uh, ah, stop this. So we got a couple um, of minutes over. He did. The last time you played music, it was it bounced. So you got to play a different exit music because <laughs> that one got okay. flagged. I don't know. It was your your song, <laughs> so we'll do different oh, okay. exit music. But um, so uh, our website, so my AquarianRadio dot com. Janet Carolesson dot com. Um, got a bunch of other sites working on it. School of Counseling dot org. Karen, what's your website? Mine is uh, Karen Gresham, K A R E N G R E S H A M dot com. Karen Gresham dot com. That's my website. 
and mm-hmm. uh, that has my email address and how to set up an appointment. And it, it has my testimonials and all my bio and my press kits in there. So that's where people can go if they're Excellent. interested in having a session. So, TJ, we're, we're out of time. Uh, your website, and then please play the exit music. Thank right. you so Thanks, much, uh, everybody. Yes, thank you, Janet and Karen. It's been wonderful with Aquarian Radio in Hawaii. This is our eighth year together. So this was our anniversary with Karen Gresham Nichols, uh, Janet Carol Lesson, and I was your other host, Teresa J. Morris. That's T-H-E-R-E-S-A, like there's a. <laughs> Teresa, out of, it's Greek. Teresa J. for initial Jeanette Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S, TeresaJMorris.com. And I've got SSL on there, but if Google uh, says something, we're working on it because I do all my hosting, but my store's up there, folks, for developers, and I'm, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a geek in the techno field and helping other guys help uh, with hosting and all kind of things for big companies, small companies. Janet Carolesson and Karen Gresham, Nickel, and Teresa J. Marsh. So we're signing off. Hopefully we'll be here next next week, folks. Uh, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. So, uh, ocean, because I'm here with tropical storm <laughs> headed my way. Love and light, everybody. Be yeah. safe. Love and light. Great. Thank you, Kara. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha.